From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, welcome to Friday. We're delighted to have you along with us today, and looking forward now to a continuing of the series, we're talking about a crash course to keep us from crashing. I'll say again, as I've said two or three times already this week, when we talk about crashing, we're not talking about you losing your salvation. If you're genuinely saved, you are saved eternally. But if you are not living your Christian life as you ought to live it, I mean, sometimes people just really go off the rails and they do not do that which is honoring to the Lord, and thus they become an embarrassment. We're trying to see that we get so solid that we will avoid having a crash any point along the way in our life. We've already looked at some important Old Testament passages that I think you need to really understand, really ingest in your heart and spirit so that you will be strong. And I'll name those here. Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. Exodus 20 that has the Ten Commandments. Psalm number 1. Psalm 119. And now today I'm going to suggest that we look at the entire 31 chapters of Proverbs. Now, I know that's a big assignment, and I'm going to just highlight just a little bit of that today and point out some things that I think it will help you to do and to become. The Proverbs are really God's rules, God's instructions to us about how so many things ought to be done. And so here's what we're going to look at. Whenever you think about getting things in place like they need to be so that you're not in danger of crashing, the Proverbs... First of all, they direct us to God. And perhaps the most famous passage in all of the Proverbs is chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, that says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I think people know that if they know anything about the Bible, probably. But at the same time, it is a statement that directs us to the Lord. We're to trust Him. We're to trust Him implicitly. We're to entrust Him at every hour of the day. Now, not only does the Bible in this great 31 chapters of Proverbs point us to God and direct us to God, but it also establishes authority for us. You see, a lot of people simply do not have an understanding of the matter of authority, and it's like they are their own authority. Well, you need a divine authority. You need to let God be an authority in your life. And just one verse that uh, helps us along that way is uh, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34 that says, Righteousness exalt of the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, what that's telling me is we have to find out how to do right, what is right, what is righteous, and follow that. And when we do, the Lord says that will exalt a nation. Now, when we talk about a nation, we're talking about its people, one person at a time. And that is exactly what needs to happen. We need to be directed to God. The Proverbs do that. We need to establish an authority in our life. The Proverbs do that. And then in the third place, the Proverbs also provide knowledge for us. You know, I hear people say that knowledge is power, and uh, indeed it is. And uh, the fact of the matter is 
that knowledge about the things of God do empower us to be the kind of person that will not be an embarrassment to the Lord, but instead will honor him as we live our life day to day. I look at passages like Proverbs chapter number one and verse seven that says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, I know we live in an age, in a time when uh, education has taken a whole different turn in most places, not just in a few places, but in a lot of places, God has been totally expunged from the educational experience. And therefore, a lot of the knowledge that people are getting, a lot of the knowledge that they're being given is really off track. It is not what it's supposed to be, and it does not do for them what knowledge ought to do. In fact, sometimes knowledge is not knowledge at all. It's just falsehood, and a lot of that is being perpetrated in all kinds of institutions across America simply because of the violation of this one basic premise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you don't give God place in your life, if you do not acknowledge Him, if you do not establish the fact that he should be an authority and what he says is truth. I mean, look, we are in trouble if we turn aside from God. And the Bible makes this very clear that it's fools who despise wisdom and instruction. That same verse, chapter 1 and verse 7. So we are in a position here in the Bible, in Proverbs, to get directed to God and also to get an authority established, and then it will provide knowledge for us as we go. For example, chapter 2 of the Proverbs, it says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God." So you see what he's telling us here? The Proverbs do provide knowledge. Number four, let me make clear. The Proverbs also will guide us morally. They will guide us morally. Back in chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If somebody comes at you with a proposal with a suggestion, somebody comes at you trying to lure you down a trail that is a clear violation of what we found in Exodus 20, for example, in the Ten Commandments, or some other great Bible premise, then the Bible just says, don't agree to that. Don't let yourself be ensnared by someone who's trying to take you down an immoral trail. I mean, that is just not where we need to go. In fact, if you look with me at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 1, again, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. You know, I'm sure if you are listening to this broadcast very much, or if you're in a good church, if you've been a Christian very long, if you have a knowledge of the Bible, you know that you're not going to heaven because you're keeping the law of God. You're not going to heaven based on keeping the commands of God. But if you are saved, if you've been born again, if you are a child of God, there is an expectation that we will live right, that we will serve the Lord cleanly and clearly. And that is always on God's terms. And he lays out all of these things for us, and he gives us moral guidance in the process. Now, not only does the Bible offer us knowledge, 
but it also offers us wisdom. Also in chapter 3, in verse 13, the proverb says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Now, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to know how to use it. And sometimes people have all kinds of knowledge, but they have no wisdom. They do not apply what they know, and they do not use it in a way that really is constructive. And so the lack of wisdom in many ways is as bad a thing as the lack of knowledge. We need knowledge, and we also need wisdom. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. So you and I need not just to be satisfied that we've gotten an education or that somebody has advised us on something and we've become an expert in some field. We need to know more than that. It's not a matter of you understanding all of the rules about healthy living, but it's a matter of applying those and doing it in the way that is wise. All of these kinds of things the Bible lays out so very, very clearly for us. Chapter 9 of Proverbs, verses 10 and 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. So I'm telling you, there's great reward here in the process when we go after the knowledge, the moral guidance, the wisdom that God can give us. And listen, God does give us all kinds of directives with his principles. They are to be sought we ought to be looking for them. In fact, chapter 16 of the Proverbs, verse 16 says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than to be chosen with silver? That just means we need to be real careful about being sure we have our priorities in place. Now, he's not saying here that gold is bad or that silver is bad. I mean, after all, those are a part of God's creation, and he's given them to us for a reason and for a proper usage. But he's just telling us that wisdom and understanding is better than having those resources. And having resources, yes, we all need certain resources, but at the same time, he tells us to pursue his eternal principles. I mean, you read through the Proverbs, there's all kinds of things that he talks about here. Talks about uh, a tale bearer, somebody that uh, is uh, talking out of school. Uh, he talks about how a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, chapter 20 and verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Those are eternal principles. Those are things they were true last year, the year before that, the century before that, and they'll also be true a hundred years from now. It's just simply a matter that God lays out these great, grand, eternal principles, and it's so important for us that we get hold of them. Let me get you to look with me at really how all of this takes shape and how it comes together. In chapter 23 of the Proverbs and verse 23, here's a verse. I have it underlined, and I hope you do as well. It says, Buy the truth and sell it not, also wisdom and instruction and understanding. When we talk about the truth, well, obviously we're talking about knowledge. And he says we ought to buy that and never, ever let it be for sale. Don't ever turn loose of it. Once you get the truth, hold on to it tenaciously. I mean, you ought to value it so much that you would never put a price tag on it. I heard a story one time about a boat captain, I think it was on the Mississippi River, 
and somebody came and tried to bribe him to get him to do something dishonest, and he said no. And the guy raised the price. He tried to bribe him with a greater price. And he said no. And then he offered him a third amount, which was even higher. And the old boat captain pulled his pistol out and pointed it to the guy and said, "Uh, it's time for you to go. And he said, why are you doing that? He said, you're getting too close to my price. You're getting too close to buying me. And I'm not going to let you do it. Now, that's a story. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But it illustrates for me how that every one of us need to realize that uh, some people will try to buy you. Some people will try to take away truth. They'll try to take away knowledge. They'll try to take away wisdom and all of these things from you. And if you let yourself be for sale, then you are putting yourself in great jeopardy. And this passage, I mean, here again, it's a proverb. It's a part of God's eternal principles, and it's commending God's way to us when it says, buy it up, get your hands on it. Don't turn loose of it and And don't let it ever be for sale. Don't ever give it away. Dear friends, the Bible in this book of Proverbs, all 31 chapters, lays out so many wonderful principles for us. And these are the kinds of things that will enable us to keep us from crashing, to keep us from becoming an embarrassment to the Lord Jesus Christ and to others about us as well. And I would like for you to latch hold on these things. Now, next week, we're going to look to the New Testament, and I'll give you some things out of the New Testament that also will contribute to keep us from crashing. So I pray that you'll be with me all the week next week and we'll have a good time together. In the meantime, remember, I love to hear from you and I trust that you'll sit down and write me a note and let me know that you're hearing the broadcast and tell me which station that you listen to. So write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099 Murfreesboro, Tennessee 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until Monday, God bless you. Have a great weekend and goodbye for now.